First Sip Brewbox is a one-of-a-kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in Pittsburgh. Every month, First Sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials including t-shirts, glassware, and even food. Right now, our friends at First Sip Brewbox have an offer for you. Just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free. Just enter the code HOPNATIONUSA when you sign up at FirstSipBrewBox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at FirstSipBrewBox.com. Woe to you, O Earth and Sea. It's the Hop Nation. USA Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another fabulous edition of the Hop Nation USA podcast. I, of course, am one of your fabulous hosts. This is Adam. Uh, As you can tell from a little bit of the background noise, we are not in our normal studio, that being my kitchen, uh, but we are actually live here on location. Uh, we are at the Rock Bottom Brewery in the uh, the Pittsburgh waterfront area. Is it area district? What do we call it? What do we what do we call in that? It's just the waterfront. You call it homestead. We could call it homestead <laughs> too. Uh, in the neighborhood of Homestead, we are here at Rock Bottom, and uh, since we're here, that means that we have a special ghost guest. Ghost ghost. Yeah, That's sure. Right. I prefer ghost. <laughs> yeah. Special ghost coast to coast. <laughs> <laughs> but that voice you heard uh, was not me. Uh, the first voice that you heard was Steve. Of course. Steve is here. He's on the knobs. He has to be here. Yeah, of course I have to be here. That's true. Uh, and the uh, the other voice you heard was our very special guest tonight, uh, the head brewer here at Rock Bottom. That is Meg Evans. Well, Meg, welcome. Welcome Thanks back. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, welcome that back. That is true. That is <laughs> round two. Electric. This, this time we're actually going to talk about what she does in Rock Bottom, as well as what she does for Pink Boots Society, and maybe we'll get into a little brutal beer fest again. Just maybe. <laughs> I am A-OK with that topic. To be determined. So first things first, uh, usually what we do here on the show is we like to, say, whenever we're on location, we always like to try the beers that we uh, that are available here. So uh, I think it's time we jump right into our first beer, don't you think? Yeah, and we can let Meg introduce our very first rock bottom beer. So I'm pouring first uh, honeycomb cream ale. Uh, every year I typically try to do some sort of honey beer for the summer. So this one came out a little bit later than I typically put out this honey beer for the summer. Um, about maybe like a month and a half ago, I, I took a trip to Austin to be part of the Honey Beer Summit, which is through the National Honey Board. And so um, the whole idea of the whole, it was like a few day conference where you know I learned all about brewing with honey and different ways we can use it, different types of honey and learn more about bees and stuff. So when I came, when I came back, I, I knew I just wanted to probably include honey in every single beer that I'm doing just because I was so excited about honey and bees in general. Um, So uh, I approached this beer kind of last year I did a similar beer. I had the base be a cream ale so I wanted to be nice refreshing for the summertime and um, I wanted to incorporate honey in kind of a different way. Um, I definitely took my time with this beer. You know usually I'll go into a recipe and I'm like okay well I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know when I'm going to add the honey Whereas this one, I kind of took it day by day and I kind of felt out and tasted the beer and figured out like, oh, does this need a little more honey? Does it need another day? You know, just um, to be at a certain temperature. Um, so I definitely, I don't know if careful is the best word to use, but I was definitely very cautious and I wanted the beer to kind of 
showcase the honey that I used and not necessarily be too cloying or overwhelming, if you will. So that's the beer you're trying. Um, the honey was from a local farm called uh, Bedillion. Okay, cool. Uh, do you have any numbers on like ABV and the other one, IBU? The IBU. <laughs> <laughs> Putting me on the spot. Um, so I'm pretty sure this one came out around five, six. I've used it kept really low. I want to say they were closer to 18 because I'm pretty sure I looked earlier today. Yeah. Um, so I wanted it to be really balanced. So I kept the IBU, IBUs like lower up front and kind of balanced them out throughout the recipe or the boil, I should say. Cool, cool, so. cool. Well, on the first look, it definitely looks, you said you were shooting for like a base cream ale. Mm-hmm. And it looks, you know, like a cream ale. Spot on. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. spot on on that. Uh, head retention. Brilliant. <laughs> it, it's got a, got a nice uh, white head on it, uh, just like you would expect with a cream ale. Yeah. It's a real clear, vibrant, like, uh, kind of gold. Like, yes. A little, little lighter than a gold. Yep. Uh, it's got some good effervescence to it as well. On the nose, I, I like it. It's got a good... It, it, it's malty without being obnoxiously malty. Yeah, yeah I think you must get some like those like wildflower characters yep. on the nose as well, which is I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely it has a freshness to it that you don't smell with most cream ales or lagers or anything else that's like super malty. This yep. is a lot more fresh and light and bright. I think there's only one thing left to do. I drink it. We got to try this bad boy. Sorry, I was already drinking it the entire time. Oh, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't apologize for that. It's your beer. You can drink it whenever. <laughs> that's very true. But yeah, that's a that's a really nice, easy drinker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really great for the summer. That's a yeah. That's a back porch beer. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's beer. yeah. I I felt like it was a little dangerous. I'm like, ah, oh, this is gonna be a good summer beer. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna drink the heck out of it. Yep. Last year when I did it, I actually did it closer to Brutal Beer Fest last year. And I felt last year's batch was a little bit sweet, so even for Brutal Beer Fest, what I did was I added coffee to it. So I'm probably going to spike a couple kegs with coffee because I got a Mm. lot of great response last year. Very nice. Over that. This has a real, like, there's a sweet aftertaste to this one, Mm -hmm. but it's not, like, sickening sweet or anything like that. It's just, like, sweet, but you also get a little bit of those wildflower notes with it too mm-hmm. so yeah yeah and that's where i like i i knew i had to taste it like add a little bit of honey at a time let it sit for a day taste it you know maybe in a couple times i roused it back up to ensure that you know i was getting as much honey character as possible um but the base beer i think really was the best platform for it you know it's very dry um you know there's really not it's not too complex itself you know it's it's a really nice mm. um canvas and uh I definitely think we, we hit it out of the park for this one. I'd agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a three out of three. Yeah, for uh, drinking in the summertime, yeah, this is a good pick. Mm. <laughs> I like this one. So uh, with that, I think we can get a little more into the meat and learn. I don't know if that's... No, I don't think that's right. <laughs> no, no. No? No, I don't think that's right. Okay. Get a little more into in-depth into Meg and what she does here at Rock Bottom and Rock Bottom itself. It's a, this is our first kind of corporate gig. <laughs> is that a thing? Me no. Too. <laughs> no, we're not getting paid, Adam. It's not a real corporate gig. We're just at a corporate location. <laughs> Wait but, a minute. Wait a minute. We were getting paid before? It's the no. C word around here, guys. That's the C word. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> that would shall not be mentioned. The C word. Uh, but Rock Bottom is definitely doing a lot of good things with their beer and are become very localized. So uh, I just like would like Meg to talk more about that. Where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, could you start? There was a period where Adam and I and a bunch of our friends were coming down to Rock Bottom for trivia nights. And part of that was we would always get glasses with all their mm-hmm. funny uh, brews that we're making. Uh, they also had like things like the Brakeman Stout and stuff like that. But then 
it kind of became very seaward mm -hmm. and it dropped down to rock bottom that had like four brews and it was like a red an ipa a stout and that's what they were called <laughs> right oh yeah so maybe start from that period on because there's definitely been a shift again in recipes and the beers being offered here yeah i mean even from when i started here things are much different now um you know i think it it kind of went like back and forth so you know probably the time when you were here they were definitely trying to still keep with that localized feel like you weren't going to every location and having breakman's breakfast out mm. um whereas then when i came on we were we had just gotten um I don't know if bought out is the best word, but we merged with, um, you know, the company that owns like Gordon Beersh and a few other specialty brands. And um, they definitely wanted us to shift a focus and all of you have like very similar feel. And, um, and that included having all of our house beers were the same, you know, with some variations given that location's decision on what malts, yeast, et cetera, to use. And then about maybe like a year, year and a half after I came on in 2014, so that's now 2015, they basically did the complete opposite. They're like, nope, do whatever you want. Just make sure you have a light, hoppy, and <laughs> oh. multi-beer on. And um, I think it was kind of like a test. They wanted to see what would happen and what what styles really stuck out because each location didn't always have to have a Colchon or um, a Blondale of sorts. You know, they just wanted a light uh, variety. And, um, you know... But maybe about, I think they let that go for about six months. And that's around the time I took over as head brewers when they kind of pulled back the reins and they're like, okay, well, you know, you still have a lot of autonomy. You know, we just want to have a similarity. Each location has some sort of Kolsch mm -hmm. red IPA, um, rotating varieties of wheats, rotating varieties of dark beers. So, you know, if you go, you know, I was in Nashville. Um, for CBC a couple months ago and you know he had a Golshan but it was different than mine okay. um, you know so we, we each get to create our own recipe for that and um, I think I mean as the years go on I mean we at one point had to do like multiple quote-unquote corporate recipe beers where it was more about the branding like they were creating something for us to market you know for example Rocktoberfest, Fire Chief Ale, Wicked Elf etc. Um, which I named all the ones that we still do for whatever reason. Um, and they were giving us the recipes at that point, but even that has progressively diminished. So like this past year, um, Fire Chief Ale has always been up to that location. It just has to be a red variety. You know, again, it's all about the marketing. They want us to do uh, something with like a local charity, usually including a fire station of sorts. Um, so I think as far as like the corporate end of a lot of things here that it all comes down to marketing. They want to help us bring business in with marketing and they're creating this brand for us. Um, and so even when I did Wicked Elf last year, they just were like, do some sort of Belgian dark, you know, and then the previous recipe that they gave to us, I, I felt like it was a little too hoppy. So I definitely backed that off and got to make my own decisions there. But again, it was all down to marketing. Like we were at one point we were giving glassware for it. They were giving away hoodies as like a promotion for our rock rewards members and stuff like that. So, um, that's kind of where we're at now. I mean, I think this year we're on par to maybe have only like three corporate marketing um, plans as far as recipes that we're pushing. So Rocktoberfest is coming up. Um, I haven't heard that we're not doing that, but I always like doing an Oktoberfest mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. So, and the it's rest a good of town to do it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it always goes over really well. Um, so yeah, and I assume we'll probably do Wicked Elf again, but um, those are the only ones we have. But again, there are recipes and um, we do have a lot of flexibility. So 
outside of those things, you know, everything on tap right now is all my recipe. You know, there are different recipes of different varieties. I still get to sit in front of a computer usually on Mondays and look at a schedule and say, hey, what should I brew next? You know, like <laughs> I still I still do that and, you know, order my own grains, you know, figure out what I want to put in each of these beers. And, um, you know, it really doesn't, it's probably the exact same thing that any other brewery really does. It's just who's paying the bills is really right. what differentiates us and, you know, those um, few marketing platforms that we do. That sounds, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's obvious from, you know, just looking at the draft list that there's some beers that are definitely local for our market. Right. Probably, you know, obviously the biggest selling one is the Uppity Jag Off IPA. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're going to find that in Nashville. I would hope not. No. But has that ever happened? Have you ever sent any of you know your recipes to another rock bottom location? Uh, I mean, our brewing team in general is pretty tight knit. You know, we try to you know if we ever have any questions, we always are shooting emails to every single brewer. Um, like the structure on our end for the brew house is really simple. Um, you know, I have a regional brewer. And then I, there's a VP of Brewing Operations, and they're all brewers. They've been in the industry forever. You know, they've they know what's going on in the industry. You know, so they're very understanding. So that's it's kind of nice to have that balance when I do with day to day is restaurant people. I haven't. I don't think I personally have given a recipe. Actually, I have. Yeah, I have given plenty of recipes away. I'm trying to think. I was just thinking of an example. Like um, this woman, Carly Smith, she was, shout out to Carly, because I'm sure she'll listen to this (laughs) at some point. Um, Like, I think she was asking about, like, a stout I did one time. And so I just shot over a picture of the recipe I did. Um, Another guy that was in Portland was looking, um, kind of trying to redo, like, a Cascadian Dark Hill, which I haven't seen around in a long time. But I remember a while ago I did one and really, really liked it. And so I gave him like this is this is what I think about this style and this is what I think about how we could approach things and some ideas and so that's a kind of like how the brewery side really operates and it's pretty cool. It's nice. There's a few younger brewers that, you know, I think are pretty tight knit and we kind of have email chains from time to time that talk about what's going on in the industry. Very cool. That's cool. So have you ever seen anything, people going the other way, where they've become so enamored with one one of the corporate beers or one of the beers that they've seen at all the other locations and they just get upset that they can't get it here? There's nothing that's that fluid right now. I've heard of in the past, like I get a lot of people remembering older beers, regardless if it was something that was at every location. Um, And I think that's something that some people have forgotten is like they went to a random rock bottom in wherever and had a beer and they expected that I might have it here. And I was like, well, no, you had it there. (laughs) That's not how this works. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and um, so I've had that a couple times. Um, I've definitely had people like, my location actually ships beer up to our Boston location. It's just a tap house. So um, any beers we make here, usually on tap there. Oh. So if you're in Boston, check Very us out. Cool. I you did not know that. Beer. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And um, there's this regular up there. She She's so sweet. She calls me from time to time. I've never been able to meet her yet. I've gone up there a couple times, and we always seem to miss each other. But uh, she's like the first time she called me, she specifically asked for a, this like Belgian beer and I can't remember the name it was like wild it was, it was kind of like all funked up or something weird like that and I'm like I really don't know what you're talking about I, I don't know what recipe I've never made that beer myself <laughs> but I'll try you know and um, that's kind of, that was kind of besides like her really showing appreciation for the beers I make from afar um, yeah we get some of that kind of stuff of 
people really wanting, you know, I think there's like a lot of loyalty to the brand almost like because it's been around so long. So if you walk in here at like 11 a.m. any day, you're going to see like the same few people and they're the best, you know, come in, chat, chat. And you've got regulars just like any other place. Yeah. 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 I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, another thing I like, and it's kind of what got me back into rock bottom after the <laughs> the, the dark times. Yeah, after the dark times, uh, <laughs> is that I've seen rock bottom at a number of events, and they've always come out with something crazy. Yes, to, as like a collaboration, fully showing that autonomy is back yeah. <laughs> among the brewers. But like there was, you guys had a cool ranch bur- uh, Dorito beer. <laughs> Those are dark times for me, well. guys. I'm just letting you know. Um, but yeah, no, we definitely can do crazy stuff like that. Yeah. That was the last head per. Well, yeah. I mean, I, it, it wasn't necessarily a great beer. I, I didn't necessarily love it, but Trust I did me, love. I, <laughs> I did love that it was something other than just red IPA. Right. You know, I mean, he hit the mark when he was going after it. Yeah. I gave him that, but I tried it one time. I took one sip, and I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I like literally do not want to try this again. Like, but he hit the mark. For yeah. sure. mm-hmm. But even more Ruined recently, a bunch of kegs too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even more recently, though, and I know it's a beer that you—it's your recipe, Meg—is uh, you had a glitter beer at Beers of the Burg, <laughs> and you're, I think, probably the first and maybe only person that's brewed a glitter beer in Pittsburgh. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that. It's the only one that I've seen. I can tell you that. I mean, I really don't want to be coined as like the glitter <laughs> brewer. I really don't. You were the, <laughs> but no, you I were was the first. first in Pittsburgh, and that's fine. And yeah. I'd like to leave that there. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was more so fun. I feel like drinking beer is all about the experience. And so mm-hmm. when I was looking at, like, the idea of putting glitter in a beer, because I had seen women, like, on the West Coast doing it years before I ever got a chance to do it. I actually bought glitter and, like, sat on it for almost a year because <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know how to do this, whatever. And, um, you know, I finally gave it a try, and it was just, it's just fun, you mm-hmm. know? Like, I think... It definitely gives the guests something to look at. And the particular one you tried was I was trying to make a galaxy beer. So I was taking one of the dark recipes I had, Daily Grind, and um, adding like a gamut of colors that would mimic the galaxy. And it definitely had some character there. (laughs) Yeah, it it totally did. It totally worked. And it was a good beer. And it's exactly what you said. It was fun. Right. And and (laughs) at that venue, it was absolutely perfect. Yeah. yeah, it was really hilarious to see it because, like, I think there's a little bit of me that gets a kick out of like dudes that like get so turned off because they're like, "Oh, it's glitter! I don't want to try that." And I'm like, "No, man!" But it's like the beer. It's like glitter does nothing besides what you're looking yeah. at. And it was just, I was kind of getting a kick out of it, personal kick. I was like, "Yeah." But when I got them to drink it, I got even more excited. I will admit, I was one of those guys. That's fine. I, I will admit because we had talked about that on the show previously. I got a kick about of you well, not wanting to try welcome. it. <laughs> but it was one of those things where I, I will admit at first I thought it was purely a gimmick, um, but I didn't look past it to the actual beer until I tried it. Mm-hmm. And the beer itself was really good with or without the glitter. Obviously, yeah. the glitter is not going to change much in terms of the taste of the feel of the beer. But, you know, it was just good beer. And, oh, by the way, there's glitter in it. How can you not love something like that? Yeah, and I think, like, that goes with, like, I think approaching to a lot of – that, that whole idea can apply to a lot of different things. I think no matter what, like, if I put glitter in, the beer was bad, people would instantly just think that glitter beer was bad. Right. You know, if I was doing some sort of, like – 
I don't know, I was adding like an herb to a beer and the beer was just not very good. The herb wouldn't help. Like, you know, the base has to always be good Mm -hmm. no matter what you're doing. And like, even when you approach mixed fermentation, that's like the better, even a better example, like if the base recipe of what you're doing going into that isn't good, then, you know, what you're coming out of it's not going to necessarily get better just because you put some bacteria in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it might, it might, but it's probably, probably not. <laughs> I'm sure somewhere out there, somebody had a coffee stout when they were first coming out and the base stout wasn't good. Exactly. You know, yep. as yeah. good as coffee stouts are, yeah. <laughs> that's one of my favorite types of beer. The base of the pyramid has to yeah. be solid first right. and foremost. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they probably got turned off from coffee beer. So is there uh, anything upcoming at mm-hmm. Rock Bottom, any events or any beers that we should look forward to? You talked about like the Rocktoberfest which that's always good for Pittsburgh and its German population. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like, I mean, I try to, I mean, I try to plan out as far as I can, but I mean, a few things, I mean, going out maybe a month, you're going to try a couple of things like besides the, the honeycomb cream ale, which I'm pretty excited about. You're also going to try the brew IPA I just put on pretty excited about that. Um, two things. So next month is a beer fest called fresh fest. And so I I'm collaborating with Sarah honey young and she's like, she's an artist. She does like, uh, web design. She's pretty incredible and she's doing a lot of great stuff. So trying to take some inspiration from her TBA on the final style. I had something in play in like in the works, but, um, I think I might change it up a little bit. So, but I'm really excited. So come to fresh fest plugging them. <laughs> you know, that's really, really yeah. cool thing to have going on. And then also we, uh, it was a few weeks ago, uh, my two brewers and I, Evan and Lauren, we were, they were doing some canning. I was brewing and we were just like listening to music as we do when we're all working together. And, uh, they put on like a playlist that was like for like booty bass music. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I had, I mean, I don't know if it's cause I'm younger than them or not or what, but like. I was like, I have no clue what this is. I have, I have no idea, but I'm so fascinated. But we decided in that moment that we needed to make a beer called Booty Base, and uh, it's going to be a fruited lactose sour. Very nice. Can right. it. Very nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we haven't decided. I think it, it could be something that could always be rotating. Um, I can show you after uh, the label design so far. It's pretty hilarious. There's a twerking uh, strawberry. That's your only nice. insight. I'm in. <laughs> I'm already here. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're still deciding what fruit we want to add this one. I have like 11 boxes coming in from Oregon Fruit, so wow. we're, we're going to have fun with it. So, so with, with you mentioned canning. Uh, are cans only available here in on the premises or are you distributing out anywhere in Everything Pittsburgh? Is, yeah, it's just on site. And okay. that's, that's something that's different too for Rock Bottoms is I was the first one. There's a random specialty brand that was the only location that was like a test site for some canning. Um, but as far as Rock Bottoms go, I was the first one to buy a can seamer from October Design and that like allows me to fill like literally individual. It works like a crowler, but it allows mm-hmm. me to fill 16 and 12 mm-hmm. ounce cans. That was something that was kind of not necessarily approved, <laughs> but, you know, with some support from, you know, my GM, uh, you know, we got it done. It was pretty hilarious. The first time I posted a picture of a can, I like within two hours, got a text from our VP of brewing <laughs> operations. He's like, what is this? I thought this was a dead topic. And I'm like, 
Yeah, but like I, I didn't realize it was a dead topic. But look you at know, it. It's I, cool. I, I thought that was like an internal decision, you know. And he was pretty cool <laughs> after that, and he liked the can, and you know, it was it was all kosher. But um, that spawn, I know, just recently, at least one other location's already bought one of the seamers so they can do some small scale can canning. Like, um, it, I mean, it allows me to do like. I don't know, I do like 10 cases or 10 four packs of something at a time. You know, mm. I don't have to do huge runs of anything. You know, I might can a barrel of beer versus 15 barrels of beer, you know. Right. And it, it's really nice. I just kind of maintain and have fun with it and try new stuff. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's been pretty rad. Yeah, I mean, that's that's cool that we're one of the only markets that actually does it. Right. And But it makes sense because you kind of have to remain competitive that way considering everybody else that can. Because otherwise you'll fall behind. <laughs> that was exactly my pitch to everyone. I was like, you know, rough bottom, the C word is so, it's so haunting at times. And, you know, I, I have a lot of pride for the work that I do. You know, I try to put as much effort into everything and thought. And so, like, when I see us almost falling behind because, you know, there's so many new breweries opening up. So now people have tons of different options so that pie is now just getting cut up and that's that's cool it's great i'm excited for where that's taking pittsburgh um but as far as rock bottom goes you know we're now like that's the first thing that comes to mind for most people and it's been my uphill battle since i took over as head brewer mm. is trying to make sure people understand that you know yeah like the overlooming corporate lords <laughs> are here but like me as a brewer, you know, everything I do day in, day out is me and two other people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nothing can change that. Like you said, the big difference with, is who's buying the grains. Yeah. Who's buying the yeast. That's the big difference. Right. Yeah. yeah, the fact that you're still remaining innovative and, like, putting out things that are along with the market that everybody wants to drink. Right. I don't make that differentiate, you know, between corporate and, you know, true independent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... I don't know. I don't think it fits. I don't think it fits the same way as comparing these beers to like a macro. Right. Just, right. It's yeah. not fair. I just don't see it. <laughs> but uh, I do see that my glass is empty. <laughs> and I, Adams I am, is pretty close. Yes, I was savoring it. I'll be perfectly honest. Yeah. That's why. It's hard for me to savor. I just want more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but back to this honeycomb ale. This is really good. This is really refreshing. Yeah. Uh, it 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 kind of teeters flirts whatever you want to say with getting into the saison category a little bit with that the floral back end i don't want to say that i don't like those what floral back i like end? these no saison oh, okay <laughs> okay well then uh steve plug your ears uh, <laughs> but no this is a really good beer i really like it uh it's quite enjoyable and uh, bottom line i would have another one Oh, yeah. That's all there is to it. Yeah, if they, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm assuming these aren't one of the ones that are canned, right? No, not now. Yeah. I mean, the moment I had my husband try it for the first time, he was like, you're putting this in cancer. And I'm like, no, I didn't, I didn't get a kid label done in time, you know. But, yeah, yeah noted for next year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as Adam already said at the top of the segment, you know, this is a back porch drinker. This is something you just sit out on a hot day. And just enjoy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely good beer. All right, then. What do you say we take a quick break? Yeah. Uh, get not paid. Right, getting up paid. And then come back for segment two? Yes. We'll go in a slightly different direction. Right. And we'll be joined by another guest. So stay tuned, Hop Nation. We'll be right back. Check this out. There's a Seattle company called Devor that enables discovery of new and exciting beers and breweries. Devor gets the best independent beer from literally around the world. Denmark, New Zealand, Belgium, and of course, everywhere in the U.S. The app is incredibly simple to use to get some ridiculously good beers delivered right to your door. And right now, anyone who signs up with the code HOPNATION 
can save $10 off their order of over $25. That's T-A-V-O-U-R dot com. Tavor. Hop Nation, we are back. Thank you for paying attention through that. I guess we call that an ad? Yes, that's an ad break, Adam. Welcome to... <laughs> listen, I, I'm not in the world of editing. I know. And obviously you don't listen to the show either. You don't know that we've no, been... No, I actually do listen to the show. You don't know we've been advertising Tavor for probably about six months now, I well, think? Actually, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, i got to talk to you about that after the show. Good, good. Um, so welcome back, everybody. As previously mentioned, we are here at Rock Bottom here in Homestead, Pennsylvania, one of the fine neighborhoods of Pittsburgh. Uh, we are here with Meg Evans, uh, the head brewer here at Rock Bottom Pittsburgh. Obviously, Steve is here. Obviously, I am here. And we also have ourselves a fourth fourth guest. A fourth Mike, a second guest. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You'll get there. <laughs> Listen, I've only been doing this for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. You figure eventually I would know what I'm doing. Yeah, no, I, you got it. You, got you it. would You're be there. wrong. You're there. <laughs> so, uh, our, our second guest, our fourth Mike, uh, Brooke, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, so, just a, a quick introduction. Who are you? Uh, I am Brooke Franis. I co-own Stewards of Beer, which is a craft beer promotions, marketing, and event planning company here in Pittsburgh. I've known Meg for many, many years. Actually, she and I met when we were both brew guides at PA Brew Tours, which is one of the uh, tour guide companies here in Pittsburgh. And then uh, I got interested in the whole Pink Boots Society thing. I've been coming regularly to the meetings, being an active member for a little over a year now active in the Pittsburgh beer scene as much as I can be and enjoy drinking good beer. Very cool. Awesome. So welcome to the show. Thank you. So I'm going to I'm going to back you up for just a second. Uh, you had mentioned the Pink Boots Society. Uh-huh. What is the Pink Boots Society for those that aren't aware? Uh, maybe Meg would be a better person to uh, give the pitch for Pink Boots. She might have sure. the elevator speech down a little more than I oh, do. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, so Pink Boots is an all-female beer professional organization. Um, the main goal of the company is to help promote women in the beer industry through education. That's been the biggest focus from the beginning. Where they are now is, you know, even just a few years ago is when they, I think they pretty much started instituting these, but they uh, offer scholarships on a monthly basis. Um, right now, I think there's like three offered this month like it's pretty insane Um, but really they want to try to help women grow their careers grow as whatever their position in the beer industry is you know through education but any woman can be part of it whether they're brewer sales rep owner they do guided beer tours, whatever, literally anything that can be part of the organization. Very cool. Awesome. Very cool. If I could just uh, self-plug here for a minute. Sure. By I all actually means. won one of the scholarships that Meg mentioned. <laughs> um, back in December, I applied for a scholarship to get me the beer savvy e-learning course to prepare for the Cicerone beer server exam. Okay. And included the cost of the exam. So in January, I found out that I won that scholarship. And in March, I completed the e-learning course and completed and then took the beer server test and I passed. So oh, yeah, nice. congratulations! Uh, Cicerone program certified Shout beer out. server. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, uh, I think we're going to spend a little more time this segment learning about Pink Boot Society and Megan Brooks' involvement in it as well. But However, we have a second beer to get to, and we must get to it. Yeah, because I'm excited <laughs> for this one. So, Meg, why don't you introduce our second beer of the evening? Uh, so the second beer we're trying is called Mountain Stomp. It's a smoked porter. Um, instead of like your typical like Beechwood smoke malt, I really wanted to, because I've just never been a huge fan of that type. Like in certain styles, I definitely have, but 
as a whole, I was like, no. I wanted something more subtle, something really that would be more smoke-oriented, that would like remind you of like an actual campfire. So I used um, like an oak-smoked uh, wheat malt in this beer, and it's really nice and subtle, um, really nice body to the beer. It, I'm a fan already. I think if I did it again, I might up the smoke just a tiny bit, but all in all, I think our guests will like it, you know, because it's not too aggressive. It's very, very, like, delicate, if you will. Kind of welcomes you into the realm of smoked beers rather than punches you in the face. Welcomes you to the barbecue, if you will. Ah, very nice. <laughs> just recently, just to plug ourselves, I guess, a little bit. I mean, that's but, why we do the show. And actually plug another podcast. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, we had a little interaction with Adol Rafai from Hello from the Magic Tavern, and he was asking about smoky beers. I saw that, yes. I haven't had this one yet, so maybe I can add this to the list of smoky beers he should try. I have a hunch we're going to be adding this to the list. Probably. So, <laughs> so on the look, yeah. it's dark. Yeah. Uh, it, fortunately, unfortunately, Omeg did a really good job of describing this beer, so I don't <laughs> know that we have much left to talk about. Yeah, we don't have to describe you it. You can talk about the dark malts. How about we do, we'll go with that. <laughs> I, I, that was one thing I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it definitely on the nose does have that campfire smell, yes. and but I also get some of that dark, like dark maltiness to it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's all there. I uh, I think there's only one thing left to do. Yeah, just go for it. Yeah, let's just make this happen. I think I've always been partial to porters in general too. So like approaching this beer too, I was like, mm. oh, I mean, so many people do stouts and porters and add smoke to them, but. I, I really love like that like sweeter like more malty like mm-hmm. I like I think sometimes stats can almost borderline being like a, I think acrid is the best word or aggressive like mm-hmm. it's you know I, I love the pleasantness of porters and how like welcome they are to like each taste like they're more a lot of times I'll use like a, I'll usually use a nice variety of different dark malts to create more of like a balanced character and I think it really works well with porters specifically yeah I think because porters they are always on that a little bit thinner than a stout and you know the less booziness this is it balances well with that sweetness and the smokiness so like, un- unfortunately you guys have already said everything yeah, especially <laughs> on the uh, on the porter side I, obviously with a dark beer for for newcomers everybody would expect that to be a very heavy beer very thick beer uh, this is not that this is a honestly it's got a lighter taste to it uh, compared to the to the color of it but it's still very welcoming and it's obviously got that that nice smoky taste to it so uh, once again I, th- I think it's a winner and I think we had to add this to the list yeah it balances really well so yeah at over five if you're listening or if I tell you to listen or whatever <laughs> <laughs> if you gonna send him a, a threatening tweet that's right <laughs> expect it <laughs> will listen and you will enjoy this <laughs> but yeah it, it's a real it's really well balanced with that sweetness and smokiness I just can't that's why that's why I keep getting hung up on well let me ask you do you think there should be more smoke i mean i i guess in my personal i'm like yes but maybe maybe people if people enough people tell me no i'll leave it as is yeah i I think smoke is like hard to work with i'm another person of the idea of just like i i want it like really smoky Mm -hmm. like almost like coal i stuck my face in the fire like (laughs) yeah years ago i had this um i think it was like some sort of like it was a lighter smoked beer that lavery did and like i remember it being so aggressive but it almost like mellowed out like your mouth your palate totally just adjusted and it was like satiating after that Mm, you know and so like i think it is definitely a fine line and though i do feel like if it goes too far to the one side you're like that's all you're drinking for the rest of the night so i'll be the descending vote i think it's the perfect amount of smoke all right i I think i think it's right on because if you go just a little bit too much 
on the smoke, it just it it doesn't matter if it's a little bit or a lot of it. It's just mm -hmm. too much. And I think you're you're just right with the amount of smoke on this one. Now, obviously, that's my personal opinion, yeah. and you're the expert. Yeah, well, I was approaching it in a very, again, cautious is, I guess, my um, term. But, like, you know, we have a lot of guests because we have so many regulars. Like, if they come in, they're going to try any dark beer. Like, there's mm -hmm. certain guests that, like, doesn't matter. It, and it, it could be anything. And they're like, just give me the dark beer. Mm -hmm. That's what they want. So I didn't want them to, if they weren't necessarily a huge fan of smoke, to still enjoy it and have that pleasant smoke character but still enjoy a good porter. Right. And, and that is one thing with smoke beers. If it goes too far, you have to know what you're getting into. Uh, to be able to enjoy it. Uh, but if you're looking for, for just kind of, you know, Joe 12 pack uh, to try a beer, I, to get into that smoke realm, I think this is perfect for that. And even the regulars to enjoy as well. Mm -hmm. I'm going to agree with Adam on that too and say I think it's a perfect amount of smoke because I think it's it makes it more approachable for a lot more people mm -hmm. who may not be necessarily looking for a smoky beer, but they're looking, like you said, they're looking for whatever that dark beer is mm -hmm. and it's not going to turn them off and maybe it might be a gateway for them to seek out more smoky beers yep. in the future. And yeah, so I think it's really approachable and I think you could have a wider audience enjoy this beer than just smoky beer fans or just porter fans. Mm. Well, I mean, we're all in agreement that we like the beer though. So oh yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. So we can do with that. Yeah, bottom line, it's a winner. So uh, let, let's move Let's move on to uh, just Megan Brooke, uh, your involvement with Pink Boots Society. How long have each of you been involved with the organization? As I mentioned earlier, I've been involved um, officially a little over a year. I was kind of a lurker on the outskirts for about <laughs> a year before that, but it just seemed that every time they had an event, I was never able to make it. And then the more I started looking at the guest lists and whatever, I was like, I know almost all of these women already. Like, mm -hmm. this is such a cool group to be a part of. So I'm going to make it a priority to start going to their events. And one of the things that I like, well, I, there's a lot of things that I like about it. One of which is this the camaraderie. Like I said, I already knew a lot of the ladies in the group already, but I, I've met a lot more people in the industry that's always a great connection to have um, I like that there's always some sort of educational element to our conversations and our meetings um, and it's always something different there's not necessarily a set rigid format that we have to follow according to you know the organizers of the group um, but one time we learn about an off flavor a one particular off flavor one time we learn about fundraising efforts one time we learned all about Meg's visit to the honey beer summit um, so there's always learning to be done and sharing of, you know, what people are brewing. Like, I'm not a brewer, so I sometimes, you know, you might think, well, I don't really have anything to add. But I do still have things to add, like industry trend conversations mm -hmm. and just um, what's going on in the local scene and that kind of thing. So I like being involved and staying sharp on with just what's going on in the industry that I'm a part of. Yeah, I, I like I love that you even mentioned that like we all have kind of something to add. Like I think the biggest catalyst was when I first moved here. You know, I didn't I didn't know anyone. I was just seeking out again the camaraderie, finding other women who are in the industry. And I mean, at the time when I moved here, there weren't that many. You know, they they might have been an owner of something, but there weren't brewers. There weren't um, you know people like really in depth in the industry yet. And so I had started doing collaborations at least once a year right around International Women's Month. And um, those kind of spiraled into what is now Pink Boots. You know, I, I just had such a 
wonderful experience working with these women where I mean it's like it's not like really like I, I'm talking shit on anyone at all it's just like when you're it's like a refreshing feeling to work with a group of people like who are really passionate that it was just like well why why are we not establishing ourselves as something mm-hmm. and um, from there you know I you know is I don't know, Pink Boots was still growing too, you know, they've been around for 10 years or 11 years now, but really took until just a couple of years ago for them to kind of almost become official. I don't know if it's a great word, but they created a better platform for us to organize our meetings. They offered up um, structure for how the or how each, how each chapter should uh, operate. And, um, you know, like like she mentioned, they are still kind of freeform, but in general, you know, we have somewhere where you can sign up online. Um, you know, we have a way for people who haven't come, you know, to pay to come to an event. You know, um, we have these these tools now. Something that I really like that was just a recent change, like as within the past couple of months, as I understand it, is as, as long as Pink Boots has been in existence, there has been a fundraising component. Mm. And I have participated as a an outsider in some of the events that Meg and some of the other members have um, coordinated over the past few years. And then now that I'm a member, of course, I'm, you know, even more vested in that effort. But just a couple months ago, they changed some of the financial stipulations so that that money that is raised from the local chapters doesn't all just go to one big pot internationally and then get Mm -hmm. divvied up however they see fit. A lot of it now stays with us locally in our own chapter, in our own city. So we can... And now we haven't started to spend any of that money because it just happened and we're just, you know, it's a it's a collaborative effort. It's not like there's a board. There is a there are a couple co like co chapter co chapter leaders. leaders. Yeah. Okay. So there we do have you know like a governing board so to speak, but they are not the only decision makers. It's definitely a group decision, and we're slowly talking about how do we want to spend that money that we mm-hmm. ourselves have raised on behalf of our own local chapter. So I can't even speculate what that's going to be yet because it's still such a new idea and we still have such a small amount of money in our kitty right. but um, <laughs> but I love that we we get to benefit from what we have raised from the funds mm-hmm. that we we have personally raised over the past you know couple of years so that's something I'm really excited about yeah and like talking about that I was just up in Boston and I was talking to the chapter leader up there because they like I think it's a huge incentive for us to actually do this is you know we want each chapter to grow we want to bring more women into the industry we want to help more women you know grow within their own personal careers and so like uh, up in Boston they had 25 different collaborations um, oh, wow. it, it was pretty incredible like we actually only had we had like two which was a growth from usually doing one a year mm-hmm. and she was talking about how much they raised and that was the biggest thing they talked about is they wanted to be able to utilize it internally um, whether it's sending women on usually pink boots every year does this uh, Germany trip and so they want people to kind of be immersed into the culture um, so she was like I want to send a bunch of people there you know <laughs> but it also but that's the type of stuff it can be used for yeah. um, you know it's like this and I think it's cool though that it is so centralized to women though too because you know, seeing stuff like the Master Brewers Association of America start a chapter here, you know, that's kind of stuff that they're doing, but it's more on a general basis, you know, it's not necessarily, and it's more focused on brewers only, whereas this chapter can offer something to any woman Mm -hmm. from any background who might want to do something in their career that can help grow not only just their own career but community because people can help one another um you know i I don't know if i actually touched back on it when i said that i was appreciating that you 
talked about everyone having something to offer, but that's really what I have always looked at this chapter as being is that, you know, I'm a brewer, but I know nothing about accounting. I know nothing about necessarily operating a business as far as like, you know, the ins and outs. Yeah. You know, and I think anyone can teach me that, you know, mm-hmm. if it, maybe they're, they have a great background in marketing. You know, those are the type of things that I want to help. I want to internalize and learn about. That actually dovetails nicely into something else I was going to mention, which is the networking angle. Um, because of my involvement with Stewards of Beer, I think I brought two more of my employees into Pink Boot Society and just recently plucked a member of Pink Boot Society to become one of my team members. <laughs> yeah, okay. So it's a really great networking opportunity to, you know, I, I met this girl at a meeting and then I saw her again at the next meeting and she said, hey, I might be looking for work in case you have anything. And I said, I actually do have something. Let's chat. And that has, you know, turned into the beginning of a great partnership. So Very cool. that's awesome. something that I'm really great for as well. So uh, a question I have, and it kind of relates back to segment one, we were talking about Fresh Fest, August 11th, featuring a co-host Dennis with a collaboration beer with Allegheny City. <laughs> hint, hint. Fresh Fest is based on uh, all black brewers and black artists and um, uh, business owners pairing with breweries to, you know, put on their own beer fest. Is this something that Pink Boots might be researching with the money that you're now getting for your chapter? It already exists. It already exists. Yeah, okay. so um, it started, I think they just finished their second one, but it's called Beer to Femme. Um, it started in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. And it like, the last I heard when I was at the Craft Brewers Conference is they're, they're interested in the idea of bringing it to other cities. But yeah, that's the whole idea is they want to bring as many female brewers, industry members into the festival and do just that. But right. So any thoughts of it coming to Pittsburgh? I mean... Are you pushing for that? Yeah. Is what I, what I was really trying to get to. Personally, <laughs> as someone who operates a beer fest, I would love for it to come here, but I also understand the amount of work that goes behind right. that. And the amount of... The, we have a lot of beer fests in Pittsburgh. Oh, we certainly do. Um, yeah. Not that that's you know necessarily a bad thing because a lot of them have different audiences and whatever but it's 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 a competitive effort yeah. Yeah. Um, but something that we have talked about in our chapter is getting a group of us to take a road trip to a beer to femme fest ah, okay. I mean they've talked wherever. about Philly and I think like Philly would be a great area because Philly's so much bigger than us yeah. mm-hmm. and um, you know so already they have more female brewers but also it's not hard for us as like industry yeah. people over here to go over there Very right. um, so yeah, I think it, it's just better suited right now for bigger cities yeah philly seems like more of a central hub for like people from pittsburgh and new york they can Mm -hmm. come down and like everybody can just kind of meet there so yeah i still think also that our pittsburgh chapter of pink boot society still has a lot more work to do to get the word out about who we are and that we're here and what we do Mm -hmm. i fear that if we tried to promote a beard fm kind of thing in pittsburgh right now people would see it as, oh, you're just another beer fest. Like, even though we would try to push the female, you know, Mm -hmm. angle of everything, I I don't know that it would have the steam that other cities that Pink Boot Society Mm -hmm. is larger Mm -hmm. might have. Like Like this sort of get lost in the noise of all the other beer fests in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I think we need, I think we have a little more work to do first to grow our chapter and to make our, to establish a name for ourselves as as an organization in town so that people aren't 
like what is that forget it i don't want to research it Mm -hmm. our membership is still it's pretty i mean it's growing all the time but what are we up to like 40 50 it's no more than 40 i think yeah i think officially no more than 40 officially and at any given monthly meeting we might have a dozen or so people schedule so we still have you know a lot of recognition to you know, yeah. put out there before I think we would be very successful in hosting a Pink Booth Society Beer Fest here. And using yeah. those funds, I think, will really help us too. So, like, right. the more we're able to use those funds to bring, like, possibly larger names or women or even men who do pretty rad stuff, you know, for me, it's everything's all about education anyway. So, you know, I think anything we could bring to that will also, if especially if they have a bigger name per chance, you know, like, it'll help highlight, mm-hmm. you know, what the Pink Booth is really doing. And I think those are types of things that are on the horizon. So that leads to a, a very easy transition of uh, to any women out there in Pittsburgh that uh, are part of the craft beer industry. When's your next meeting? How can they get a hold of you? How can they how can they get involved? Our next meeting is actually next Monday, July 16th, I believe it is. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure what the meeting after that is. Um, but again, personal plug, July 16th is the day that I will be making my presentation all about my scholarship award. Part of the uh, stipulations that the Pink Boot Society puts on a scholarship win is that you have to fulfill a pay it forward requirement, which to them means you either write an article for one of a handful of recognized beer journals or you make a presentation. Um, at it could be your local chapter meeting or it could be like a larger like CBC or something like that um, I'm not planning to go to any larger you know gathering so I'm opting for the local chapter meeting and then once I fulfill and you know I'm going to be talking about what winning that scholarship meant to me and how it's going to benefit mm-hmm. my career and things like that and then once I'm done I earn myself a pair of pink brewer boots nice. which <laughs> I'm very excited to wear at next year's collaboration brew days so uh, yeah, July 16th is that meeting. We have a meeting every month. It's usually on a Monday or Tuesday. Okay. It's usually at a different brewery or alcoholic type facility that's often closed on a Monday or Tuesday. Right. So that, you know. <laughs> you can just be you. <laughs> well, yeah, we can just hang out and so, have uh, Do you think they might give you like half credit for being on a local podcast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe like extra credit. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like just, some bonus. Uh, yeah, just start doing a presentation right now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> But yeah, any other meetings you can go to uh, pinkboothsociety.org and okay. all like literally as a member, say you're traveling and you notice that another chapter has a meeting, you can go to another chapter. So you know, chapter meeting, I should say. Um, so uh, all of our meetings get posted there too. Very cool. And I did learn that it's actually an international organization. International, yes. To mm-hmm. like the point that you have chapters in Australia, New Zealand, and uh, even in parts of South America. Japan like it's kind of hilarious to see like on uh, not even hilarious it's like really awesome to see like the day before we start doing our collaborations typically we'll see like people in Asia doing their collaborations I'm like oh my god that is so (laughs) like I'm so taken back and I it's like the the reach and how much this organization impacts people's lives like you know just me personally you know I haven't necessarily been able to meet people internationally yet but I feel like I could literally go to any city and meet up with someone. You know, some of my closer friends now, you know, I met through the Pink Boot Society or because we were both members and somehow crossed paths, whether it's social media. Um, and I, I, it just it creates, again, this network of com- like women who like offer a different type of camaraderie than just, you know, me as a brewer typically 
most of the people I turn to are dudes, but it's really nice to have a handful of women that I feel really comfortable with, that I, you know, not worried about any sort of judgment or someone trying, me having to feel like I need to, you know, toughen up my image to talk about something <laughs> or pretend like I know something, you know, like mm-hmm. there's no, there's just none of that, that it's, again, I'm, there's no male hate at all or anything. It's just, it's a different type of camaraderie when you're dealing with someone of your same sex. Mm-hmm. I've really valued that in a lot of ways. Very cool. Awesome. I'll be honest. I didn't understand that Pink Boots wasn't uh, just brewers. I thought it was for brewers only. I didn't know it was for anybody who's kind of involved in the craft beer industry. So I think that's also cool that you can reach out to people who have like that financial knowledge and mm. that marketing knowledge and just like mm-hmm. reach to anyone for anything. Come at it from different different angles that yeah. people wouldn't expect. Yeah. I think Meg being a brewer is actually in the minority of jobs that exist in our Pink Boot Society. I think there's you and Lauren and that might be it as far as yeah. brewers for, mm-hmm. for, for the profession. The majority mm. of our local chapter is everything but. Mm-hmm. So... And that was like what I, I, the biggest bitch early on. I was just like, yeah, no, don't worry. You don't have to be a brewer. It's all right. Just come hang out <laughs> yeah. with me and talk to me about what you do. I want to know, you know. So I, I guess that's good for like drawing in new members as well. It's right. Like, yeah. You don't have to be a brewer. Right. Right. I've been trying. Anytime I see somebody on social media that I realize has some sort of official, like professional connection with um, something in the beer industry, if I, every time I come across them through other channels on social media, I'm always inviting them like, hey, we'd love to have you join Pink boots hey we have a meeting coming up hey you know and um i don't know if my efforts specifically have led to any new members or not and that's okay if they haven't but i'm always keeping an eye out like oh i didn't know that they that that particular brewery had a female gm let's invite her to a meeting you know um and that's how you learn those kind of things like how many females are in managerial type or professional capacity positions in the beer industry in pittsburgh Mm -hmm. cool well i think that we learned a good bit yeah, I know. I, I know. I did learn some yeah, things because I, I was, was expecting. Pretty dumb. <laughs> was pretty I feel dumb. like we took over the podcast there for a second. That's what we did. <laughs> you know, I'll let you in on a secret. I don't care if I don't have to talk for a bit. <laughs> I do it every other week. <laughs> but uh, uh, I will talk a little bit. Yeah, uh, we're gonna get back to this beer that we have yeah. right in front of us. Yeah. Uh, well, again, mine's gone. Well, I, I intentionally left a little bit here for a little bit for just the final review on, on the back side of this segment. Uh, bottom line, this is a good beer. Oh, yeah. I, I know we talked about it at, at length earlier, but bottom line, this is a good beer. Yeah, I, I'm speaking for myself personally. Yeah. I can drink dark ales anytime mm-hmm. of the year. July might be a little hot for some people. I'm glad it's air conditioned in here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> this is this is definitely being inside, you know, yeah. drinking beer, but it's it's really good and it's really balanced. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. And this is this plays to my personal taste. <laughs> right. I I'll tell you what, this one I I wouldn't even necessarily put this one next to a, a campfire, but I would put it next to a fireplace in a cabin. Uh, just on a, a snowy Saturday night, uh, sitting next to the fireplace and just sitting on a big, comfortable couch and just being fully relaxed. You're making me miss winter right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so anti-summer. <laughs> but, so, so, so this is the beer for that, bottom line. But still drink it 
because it's out in July, guys. <laughs> I was actually thinking, you said not necessarily around a campfire. I kind of do think around a fire pit only because I'm thinking pairing this with s'mores would be Very delicious. True. The yeah. sweetness of the marshmallow, the toasted marshmallows mm-hmm. and whatever chocolate you decide to put right. in your s'mores, I think would pair really nicely with this. And again, We're in it's Pennsylvania, not, it's okay to say Hershey's. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant like if you're going to put like a regular Hershey chocolate bar or if you're going to go crazy and put the Reese's peanut butter cup in there. What? That's what I meant. But um, I think that the sweetness of those things would pair nicely with this. And obviously you can't make s'mores without some sort of fire, whether it's over a campfire, fire pit, whatever. So I do have a hilarious story, guys. So I was in for 4th of July. I was at a party and someone brought a like pizza cooker like a you know smoker pizza cooker mm-hmm. like a pizza oven thing and I'm like sitting there I again I had just gotten back from Boston so I'm like drinking a beer that I got back and I'm like this beer just like all of a sudden is really smoky <laughs> I'm just like drinking it and I'm like is this is this this beer smoked? Is this? And my husband looks at me. He's like, "No, man." And you're like, "You're like directly in the line." It's like the whole. It totally encompassed my mouth, and I was like drinking this beer. And I'm like, "I'm okay with it, though. It's pretty good." It works. It works. Yeah. <laughs> Time to send notes. Hey, have you ever thought about smoking this beer? So if you're a really cheap home brewer, just set up. <laughs> Make everybody taste your beer around right, yeah. yeah, the yeah. only Super place you can try guys. Yeah. Super smoky. <laughs> All right, then. I think we can take a break and go to segment three. And we'll okay. be back with a third beer. Well, ladies and gents, welcome to Lady Bitch Time. Lady Bitch Time is a program invented by me. You're a lady. Uh, not so much. I am like the most extreme tomboy on this planet. But that aside, this program was invented to bitch about whatever the fuck I am feeling like at this moment in time. You can bitch with me. In fact, in the future, I will be bitching about something that you need to bitch about. Who knows? I'm your host, Amanda. And new episodes will be airing every Tuesday on the Pew Pew Audio Network. So stick around, bitches. Hop Nation. Welcome back. Uh, we still didn't get paid for that segment break, but that's okay. That's because that was a podcast ad. They uh, never pay us. I know they don't. That's a, that's a service to the community. That's right, the podcast community. And they always pay it forward. They always uh, help us out as well, so we thank them. As previously mentioned, we talked about it in segment one. We talked about it in segment two, so of course we got to talk about it in segment three. Uh, we are live. I really wish I could go into a, a full WWE, <laughs> you know. Oh my gosh, that would also make buffer. my life yes. right now. Live! <laughs> Can we, like, sidestep this for two seconds? Sure. Oh, my God. (laughs) At the Craft Brewers Conference, I was asked to participate in an all-female arm wrestling competition. (laughs) Did you get get entrance music? I did. Nice. So, uh, it's the the Boston chapter does this. They're actually doing one next month. They do them, I don't know if it's quarterly every few months. I don't know when they do it. Mm -hmm. But uh, they have them coming up. But So, I was asked to do it. And uh, I... My husband's super into WWE. Like, I never really acknowledged that this was like a thing in my world that would possibly <laughs> exist until he came along. And it's hilarious and awesome and so much fun. So when I was asked to do that, you know, I instantly um, asked him to help me. He was my valet, which nice. Oh, very oh nice. my gosh, yep. so we're in Nashville. Okay. <laughs> I come in, my entrance music, I obviously chose a metal song, mm-hmm. so I was like, I had to play the heel, I wanted, yeah, I wanted, I wanted that he was so much more fun, <laughs> so much more fun. So uh, he's, a, he's like really good on a mic, 
Like, if you ever want someone to really come out strong for you, ask my husband. Uh, Jimmy Hart. Uh, Jimmy Hart. <laughs> no, oh my God. I'm glad you mentioned that because he was coming at us being um, uh, the mouth of the South. Jimmy oh, yeah. Hart, yeah. Because oh, yeah. it was all beer themed. <laughs> I was Meg the Imperor. He was mouth of the South, Jimmy Tart. Um, yeah, we made a thing of it. This exists. That's fantastic. <laughs> so he comes out, though, and he instantly gets me booed because he brings up, he's like, wheeling, dealing, kiss, stealing. Pittsburgh's or Nashville Predator beating Pittsburgh Pagan and everyone roars and boos. It's hilarious. Nice. So good. And I ended up killing everyone. Great. Done. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it was awesome. And like though I have to admit though, I was so messed up for like at least three weeks after that. Like they so I did the normal tournament where mm. I was like yeah. arm wrestling and so it was like right, left, right. So I, I went through that one, and then they started being like, hey, who wants to arm wrestle? Oh, jeez. So, <laughs> you want some? Go get some. There was this chick from Point Brewing Company who was just like, I'm going to fucking beat her ass. Like, I could tell. I, like, like, I made everyone mad because no one could beat me. Like, look at these arms. You can't do that. Like... Meg does have a set of guns. <laughs> like, I would fear I for Adam. I have, <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have lifted kegs my entire career for nothing. <laughs> you earned that. <laughs> I earned these arms. Uh, yeah, so then they had me arm wrestle the Boston champion. And I beat her. And I actually, when I was just up there, I, I got to see her again. And we were just like, it was, it was all good and fun. Yeah, all yeah, in yeah. good fun. And it was hilarious and awesome. And yeah, so that's my WWE story <laughs> as of late. <laughs> So it's amazing how many times that this podcast goes into the WWE realm, uh, more than we care to admit. Well, let's see. You should always admit it. I think the, it's super fun. Yeah, uh, let's see. The two of us watch. Yeah. I watch more than you do. Yes. But then we've had James, her husband, on before. Mm -hmm. So obviously we talked about it then. We've had... Uh, we've had Jason Sircone Jason's on. Jason Sircone yep. on, and he's it's, way into it. So Every yeah. time he'll be like, yeah, so the Jasons are talking. So it's like Jason Sircone and Jason Collins and James all in one text group. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, so they're just like talking about it. And I'm like, why is your phone blowing up right now? Like, and it, it's obviously like wrestling's on TV. And yeah. <laughs> uh, for now, though, the champ is here, so I guess she can introduce the third beer. Yes. <laughs> the champ. I like that. I like how that sounds. Meg the Impairer. You heard it here first. Um, so what we have in front of us is a brute IPA called Unchanged. So this is like really interesting. It's the first, my first go at it. And like I mentioned how I was kind of very cautious in approaching the, the honey, honeycomb green ale this year. I did the same thing with this though because I didn't know what to expect. I, you know, regardless where, like when I went to the honeycomb cream ale, I had an idea of where it was going to end. I just was like being cautious and tasting along the way. This one, I was like, I have no clue what's going to happen. Like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to have diacetyl problems. I don't know if how I should hop this. You know, I I don't even know what hops I should use in this. So uh, this, this style kind of emerged out of San Francisco. And the whole idea behind it is you're basically making the sh like a champagne IPA. In, in like talking to a lot of different brewers from a lot of different regions and seeing how they're approaching it, you know, I'm pretty happy where this first one came out, but um, I guess I'll go into like where a lot of people are thinking. So the whole idea for it is that you're making an IPA. Um, the malt bill is fairly simple. Um, some people add corn. Um, mine was base, 
a little bit of Munich and a little bit of oat malt. Um, those are just personal choices to kind of give a little bit more of a malt backbone. You want to have almost no bitterness in this beer at all. So like as far as the kettle edition, I brewed the entire, like we boiled the entire thing at flame out. We cooled it down to 180 degrees, pitched hops. So that was the only kettle edition. Um, and everything else happened in our fermenter uh, where we had, I think I did, we did two different dry hops on it and um, rouse them in between so that we can kind of keep that in suspension. Um, and I also, and this was just again a personal choice after coming back from Austin, I really wanted to incorporate honey into a lot of things. And so I wanted this almost to be like a honey brute. Um, you probably won't notice as many um, notes of honey in this one mm. though. I don't know, like I, I don't really get many. So I was adding that along the way of fermentation as well. But once fermentation looks like it's terminal, you add this enzyme called amylo 300 by BSG. It's an amylase enzyme that basically basically breaks down the remaining sugars that are in the solution. So typically if whatever you mash in and like however you, um, whatever kind of yeast you're using, you know, you're going to ferment down to a certain uh, certain degree. I use Play-Doh. Some of you might use specific gravity. Some of you mm -hmm. might use something else. And so like this one stopped right around 2.3. And so I added the um, amylo and it got it, it basically broke down those remaining sugars that for the yeast are a little bit too complex for it. So it broke them down into smaller chain sugars and it ate the rest of those. And um, I think the honey helped a little bit too, but I mean that this thing ended at negative 0.1. Nice. Rack a rack. I was, was pretty impressed by it. But so when I was looking at it, when I heard the idea of, okay, I need to make this brute IPA. So when I hear brute, I think of champagne. What characteristics come to mind to champagne? I want it to be dry. I want it to have a little bit higher carbonation. Um, and um, after talking to some brewers, a lot of them were also kind of incorporating wine-like characters. Uh, I had heard of some people using wine must right oh, in the beer. Mm -hmm. And then other people were using hops like Hollertel Blanc or uh, Nelson Slavine, like to create more wine-like characters on the hop side of things because mm -hmm. it is a very hot forward beer. And I, I definitely didn't, I didn't do that for the hops. So I definitely use more traditional um, hops. So it just has a really lovely aroma. Um, and it's very tropical. Um, it's so appealing. I, like I just, like I love drinking this so far. Like, but this is my first time doing it. So I'm up for talking about it. It's just, right. it's just one of those things that's interesting that it's not overhyped yet. And so I'm really excited yeah. to explore it. And as a brewer, you know, things get overhyped. I'm like, well, why do you like it so much? Do you mm -hmm. like it just because other people like it or is it because it's so good? And I mean, for me, it hits so many points. Like I do love hop character. I do love low bitterness, but I also like dry beers. You know, I think they're very satiating. I want to keep drinking them. So, yeah. What do you guys think? <laughs> I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you can stop talking for a second, but I'm going to ask a question. Sure. Um, you mentioned how you got that Play-Doh, like, all the way down. Mm -hmm. uh, what did the ABV come out on this? It's about 6.9. Okay. okay. So my starting gravity was about 12.3, but I also had to include the fact that I was adding honey to it. So even though it was dropping, the yeast was still eating that additional sugar that mm -hmm. I was adding mm -hmm. to it. So that kind of bumped it up a little bit, you know, and then it ate it, bumped it up. So it's, you know, it's adding a little bit of gravity to it. But right on. Um, based on from, like, the 12.3 to 0, that's around 6.5. Um, ABV, so I kind of assume about like a few, like um, like that Fair point, yeah. point four. Right on. All right. Well, looking at this beer, it's picturesque. Like there's nothing. Like there's not a whole lot of sediment floating around in it. You can no. tell it's obviously different from all those hazy IPAs that are all the rage right now. <laughs> 
Hey, I'll, folks, but it's still hazy, okay? Yeah, it's still hazy. And I find yeah, this one. I did, I actually, like, put a finding agent in it, and that's where okay. it came out. So I'm excited. Yeah, right on. Yeah, it's still definitely hazy, but it just has that clearness. It, it actually, on the looks, reminds me of a Belgian. I would I would put it on the uh, the realm of opaque. Yeah. Yeah. That's a 50-cent <laughs> yeah, yeah. word. Yeah. We <laughs> could use that. You got that one. <laughs> so on the nose, uh, this thing, uh, it certainly presents itself. Yeah, there's a lot of hop on the nose. Yep, and it's definitely in the, in that tropical realm, a lot of floral notes on it. Yeah, you can definitely tell it was a dry hop because it just all hop. <laughs> yep, yep. But so, I like that. Adam doesn't. <laughs> I will approach this with an open mind. There are seven <laughs> on the list, so that means me liking this is a possibility. It's a possibility. And I approach everyone. It's a new style, Adam. you got to go for a new style. And it was really interesting. Like, I had learned a couple of people, like, there's some brews right now, like, with the whole idea, they want to get it dry, very dry, but, like, some people are totally against this idea of using an enzyme, too, which, I mean, amylase exists in, like, the whole brewing process anyway, but, like, adding it as, like, almost like a secondary thing to your beer, I think there's some, it's to turn off for some brews, but, like, I'm super into it. I, like, for me, I think everything we're doing is all about between art and science and, you mm -hmm. know, uh, yeah, that doesn't make a whole, that doesn't that. make a whole lot of sense. Being that yeah. you already use yeast, and yeast is you know that's a scientific reaction, like right. <laughs> yeah, like someone gave me someone gave me an example of one, and they were like, "Well, it didn't finish below one," and I'm like, "Okay, well, that's not necessarily what this is intended to do." Like mm -hmm. the amylo is really like from what I read about it, you know, even if you use less than what it's even recommended, it's still going to do that work and get it down to zero. It just might take a little longer. So. Um, I mean, I the one thing I was I was almost nervous about with this, and like just more my experience in like doing more sessionable beers, was I was worried about the body being too thin. So you know, I definitely had to take those into considerations when I was doing my the, my like setting up my water chemistry for the beer, um, as well as that malt bill. So you know, those were active decisions to use oat malt and Munich, which aren't typical for the style, um, but I think they definitely kind of helped with the body. They helped with a little bit of that haze, which is that oat malt definitely brings a lot of haze to it but approaching my water chemistry was like everything I was doing is I wanted some sort of balanced water profile which also kind of I think helped enhance some mouthfeel to the whole um the whole beer and um I'm pretty excited like I was worried it would just be really thin and like this has character to it yeah so uh, I'll well, go ahead go ahead, go ahead Adam. Oh, no okay. no you're you're Mr. Non-IPA I was just gonna that is yeah. true yeah that is true. So I, on this one, since this was so new and so different, did you do a small test batch on it, just a 510 gallon batch first and foremost? Or? This is your small test batch that you're drinking right now. <laughs> oh, never mind. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what I was going to say is uh, I, I definitely taste like, I definitely get the uh, the oat malt from that because oat malt tends to add like a creaminess almost mm -hmm. to beers. And this definitely has that creamy mouthfeel. But then it does finish really dry, like you were. I guess you were shooting for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we've had beers in the past that were IPAs, and they were a bit too dry, almost to the point like your tongue started to dry out. Mm -hmm. Right. But this doesn't do that at all. No, no. it doesn't. And Some people are saying though that they were like giving people a glass of water with every pint, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's fine, whatever. What I like about this one is it doesn't have that hop residue. It doesn't kind of stick around like you're chewing on a hop pellet. Sure. Uh, I know yeah. there's a lot of IPAs that do that. And there are people out there that like that, and they're yeah. more than welcome to that opinion. And I almost think this comes out, like, as far as, like, when I've had different hazy IPAs, like, I almost get a similar character where there's, like, low bitterness, mm -hmm. you know, really rounded mouthfeel, 
Um, you know, the tactical bubble feels a little bit higher in this one, but like still, you're approaching it very similarly. You just kind of have to look at it slightly differently. Right. I, I think, and there's some hazier IPAs that I've had that just like don't make me feel great, and I think it has to do with the hops. <laughs> and um, you know, this one still has a really great hop presence, but you know, it's it's approachable. You know, it has a beautiful aroma. Like I'm I'm just so impressed with the aroma. That was the biggest thing I took away. And um, earlier on, I think the yeast just ate up the rest of the honey, but there was a slight honey character too. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely one of those beers where if you want to get somebody into the, the IPA side of things on the hoppy realm, this mm-hmm. is definitely one that you can give them and say, hey, start with this. Start with this. This is this will get you an idea, and if you like it, you know you can go bigger and bolder if you choose to, uh, or you can stick with this because I, I think this is a great gateway beer to get into the mm-hmm. hoppy side of things. Yeah, the nose might be a little off-putting if you're not in the hops. Right. Uh, I will agree to that. Not for somebody like me because <laughs> I think it just smells like a nice tropical breeze. And then I, I also like just that quick, dry finish that it doesn't have that residue. It doesn't have that bitterness at the end because you can just continue to drink it. You want to go back for more. You want to taste it again. It gets the hell out of the way. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying this beer. Mm-hmm. Brooke, do you have thoughts on it? I, I know you're drinking this as well. You've joined us for this one. Yeah, as I mentioned during the break, I told Meg I didn't really know much about Brute IPAs before she said, hey, I just, I mean, I've been following her um, her notes on social media about it coming out soon, um, so I was excited, and I've heard a little bit about Brute IPAs in other, in other areas, but I didn't really know what to expect, and it's, I like IPAs, though, so, you know, it's, easy to impress me with an IPA, but I really do like, it's very different. I do agree about, it could be like a nice gateway IPA for people because that bitterness isn't present. Right. Um, but it's just the, I think people, I do beer samplings a lot. That's my job. That's what Steers of Beer does. And I get a lot of customers who say, I don't like IPAs flat out. And I always say to them, we have, they're not all the same. They're, you know, (laughs) what is it about? I try to get them to understand what it is about the IPA that they are turned off by. And usually it's the hoppy bitterness of a beer, but this would be an easy one to say, this is not going to do that for you. Mm -hmm. This is just going to be the, the aroma and the flavor and the, the uh, so many other characteristics about the beer that are hopefully a, check in the positive column for you rather than just immediately i'm turned off by that bitterness that by that bitter beer i don't want to try it 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 is definitely much more interesting and it has a lot more nuance than just a a punch you in your face ipa Mm -hmm. where there's they're just stuffing simcoe down your mouth like like a classic green flash (laughs) yeah well like thinking about too about the bitterness of this beer is like one thing i was keeping in the back of my mind was like it's gonna have a higher carb and that can almost have this perception of having a bitterness that I knew that I had to take in consideration. So, like, making that decision to not add anything until I knew that I was, like, at a lower chance of picking up any IBUs, you know? So, it's it's just a very interesting thing to approach. And, like, it's very intriguing to me to try these new things and uh, approach them in interesting ways. And, like, I'm very curious to try a different hopping regimen, like, because I, I love this thing. You know, again, I don't know if I mentioned it here it, just, it hits so many of these key things i love about ipas mm-hmm. you know yeah it'd be interesting to see what, how it would do with like a more piney hop or you know something more earthy mm-hmm. but yeah i had a lot of i have a lot of a couple people like talking to me about like using like mandarina bavaria and like um you know so i had one person doing like going that route and then someone else like talking about using like mosaic and blanc um and i'm like oh, it's like very interesting like there's no 
there's no concrete like this is exactly how you should do it yet and i think mm-hmm. so i think it's still shaking out and and i hope it's one of those things that kind of like the brute ipa you know the brute ipa is like an idea kind of just morphs and i mean i'm sure it'll become something that you know depending on how like if someone does something a certain way very well i'm sure that's how it'll kind of shake out but for right now everyone's trying different things i am really curious about possibly using like wine must in this and Mm -hmm. seeing where that could go because that'll create its own dryness of itself right because i think that match with like you know these type of this type of hopping regimen like be really cool Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. well it's pretty interesting uh can you plug when this one might be available for- tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, I've, everything's coming out today, this week. So yeah, okay, so it's probably already available. Yeah, and when this comes out, it'll already be on time. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully almost gone. <laughs> we have a little bit of time to have a little bit of fun and learn a little bit more about Megan Brooke. Well, I'm gonna stop you there. A what? little bit more fun. Didn't I say that? You just said more fun, or you just said fun. Whatever. It's more fun. Shut up. <laughs> Listen, I'm just Who trying. Who said I was having fun, guys? Yeah. Excuse exactly. me. <laughs> I'm just trying over here, all right? <laughs> I'm just trying my best. <laughs> all right, so we're going to have more fun, fun, fun? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, but just a, as a way to learn more about, you know, the two of you, we have talked earlier about how you would use that uh, kind of that smoky beer for sitting around a campfire. We suggested the honeycomb as a back porch drinker. So I just kind of wanted to throw out some more styles of beers to you guys and see if you could come up with, you know, other activities, other things that you like to do. Like if I said the rock bottom incline red, what is your favorite summertime activity? Shotgunning. (laughs) (laughs) I was woeing with something light. My answer for probably any beer you're going to throw at me is sitting on my patio just chilling because that's how I spend a lot of the time, a lot of my time in the summertime. <laughs> what are you, or what like are you on doing? a beer you, garden? Are you, like, or... are you like reading or are you just like hanging out and petting your dog or are you knitting? <laughs> <laughs> just kind of hanging out, maybe chilling with friends. Um, usually my husband is there with me. Our dogs are usually there too. So just kind of hanging out, recapping the day, talking about what craziness we've learned from Facebook that day. <laughs> and, you know, different, just all kinds of different styles lend themselves well to that. Or, you know, doing that kind of activity in somebody's beer garden or like outside patio mm. or something like that. But, but you have to still do it in the summertime. You don't you have know, to. You can't do that same thing in the winter. I mean, yeah, no. definitely. Just, yeah, I'm out there in the wintertime. Let's be real. Like, I, would, I would probably prefer to wait till wintertime until it's like five feet. I'm like sitting out there like turkey cold. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that, that's how it's easy. I was trying to make it hard for you guys. You have to think about summertime. You can't just opt out and be like, oh, yeah, no, I'll totally sit on my porch and drink dessert stouts when it's, you know, <laughs> 40 degrees <laughs> out. When it's 40 degrees out. You can't do that when it's 80 degrees out. You could. It just wouldn't be a well, good idea. Well, it's not a good time. Yeah. I once had someone propose doing a, like, uh, like a chugging competition with sour beer, and I feel like that. Oh. <laughs> oh. No. No. Oh. Oh. And I'm just curious to see that happen that's one the, day. That's the worst version of drink till you can't that I've ever heard of. Next beer week, that's, that's the event that I'm going to put on. Oh. Oh. I would be interested. I would try it. I would try that. Would you? Simply because of one reason. Simply because of one reason. (laughs) I drank, I chugged American, or shotgunned, really. I shotgunned American. On purpose. On purpose, yeah. 
because I had lost the beer pong game. Oh, uh, well, okay. That, yeah. was, that yeah. was my worst beer experience ever. That's fair punishment. Probably about 11 years ago. Yeah, and you still remember it. I still remember it. It was terrible. I don't remember that. I remember the... I'm going to, like, present to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, shotgun time. Yeah, I'll totally try to shotgun a sour, which is one of my least favorite styles. But I'll see I mean, if it's worse. I mean, if it's warm, it might be a little bit easier. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a shotgun connoisseur. I just honestly, like... A few months ago was the first time I ever shotgun, so it became like this well, you thing for me. me. <laughs> Here I was thinking you were like a total pro no, at that. No, it just happened to be like the first thing I shotgun was an IPA. Oh. <laughs> and so I was really oh. like excited about this idea. <laughs> and so it was like right after our first can run and um bringing it back to Brutal Beer Fest for a second, we have this uh, alliance group of like our, our VIP people and like when I had them here at Rock Bottom, I had all these like low fills and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go show you a tour. I'm gonna give you a tour here in, in my brewery, but I'm also gonna make you guys shotgun a beer. And so it became even a thing there. It was just fun. I make my brewers there with me on Fridays from time to time. Nice. <laughs> That's not the worst Friday no, <laughs> ritual it's at all. Fun, you know, you get, you get a little goofy, you yeah. feel terrible for a second. You're like, yeah, it's awesome. So I feel that the podcast needs a shotgun correspondent <laughs> to, to <laughs> check in. That's me. <laughs> just maybe monthly check in and you know just send us an email and be like, I shotgun these beers. This one was good. That one wasn't good. Right. <laughs> we need to get you set up on the website. We need to get you a, a weekly can, series on the website. This for sure. Yeah. The Megan and Shotgun you, Report. Who you brought into the shotgun See, fold. I, you know what? My life. I, I can't say I'm a brewer anymore. I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> I create my own jobs. <laughs> not sure how many of those jobs you can get paid for, but... <laughs> I mean, you guys are Whatever. not Details. getting paid from podcasting. We pay in exposure and experience. We mentioned it a couple times already, but just uh, give you a moment. Like, uh, Brutal Beer Fest is coming up. Tickets are on sale. Uh, well, they're slightly on pause right now because we, um, so VIPs are gone. Uh, pre-sales are gone now. So we did like a very short, like not a short pre-sale, but we were only releasing a certain amount of tickets and, um, they, they sold out. So uh, it was pretty exciting. Um, regular price tickets will be available on July 13th. Friday the 13th. Very nice. Super spooky tickets available. Um, when, I'm pretty, uh, when this podcast comes out. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. There you go. So they'll be available today. Um, <laughs> so I was, all you I was right when I said tickets are on sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. And we're so excited. And we have even a few things in store that we haven't released yet that we're kind of still finalizing Surprises now. Good. Yeah, no, no. It's like all good stuff. That it's just like if everything works out, I'm going to kiss myself. Like it's going to be it's going to be crazy. Shotgun um, a beer with yourself. I'm going right. to shotgun a beer with myself. <laughs> myself a pat on the back no no but we we have a really great team this year you know so i feel like each year we try to just outdo ourselves you know um when i look at like our growth it's always been because well okay we did that and i didn't think we could do that so let's try this Mm -hmm. and see what happens you know it's it's been very organic and it's definitely test my personal like limits on what I'm capable of doing and with other stuff in the works personally you know I you know seeing this go on I like I I just never knew I was capable of doing something like this and like that's like also while like I'm maintaining a brewery and working on other stuff and it's just been a pretty incredible ride 
I think it's definitely just setting us up though to like learn more about hopefully future customers and Brutal's always been about the community. You know, we've always been trying to bring communities together, you know, bring like network new people. And we've also been creating new beer drinkers because the metal community has always been, you know, pitched straw, PBR, you know, right. and like those beers have their place and I happily drink them. But like, I think there's just like being a brewer, you know, there's just more to that, you know, they would relate more on like, well, what if they knew that I took into consideration that I was inspired by this band's song and they would also be like, oh yeah, I love that song too, you know, like I can see where you're going with it, you know, um, you know, they're seeing those inspirations and that's what I'm hoping we, you know, get to people and showcase to people and obviously the collaborations are huge too for us yeah. because, you know, I mean, one of my, uh, one of the dudes I hired in my brew house last year was from the festival you know i probably never would have hired someone so green otherwise but like i knew him i trusted him i got you know i knew his passion and so i gave him a shot and um you know that's the type of stuff that like brutal's doing and Very i think cool. it's just pretty cool for the beer industry too i can speak to brutal being a fantastic time for both beer drinkers and metal fans uh, Adam, are you ready this year? So I do have the opportunity of being there as a first-timer. Uh, last year, uh, <laughs> it was on the Day of Days uh, when everything was happening in Pittsburgh. Oh, trust me. I understand. <laughs> trust me. The past two years of Brutal, everything has been going on. It, yeah, it no. seems like there's one or two days a year in Pittsburgh where it's everything is happening. Yeah. If you're sitting at home watching TV, it's your own damn fault. Uh, so uh, last year, I was at I was at the Big Poor. Yep. That was, um, that was our biggest caveat that like I when we booked the day we're like yeah we're ready to go we're not gonna have any beer fest in the way lo and behold I like I was talking to another brewer about it and I'm like hey man you want to come and he's like uh I think that's the day of big pour and I'm like fuck <laughs> it happened again <laughs> you know because the year the first year we happened um we ended up doing it on a Sunday it was the only day was that was really available but the day before it was beers of the burk mm -hmm. so this yeah. year at this point, there are no beer fests happening the same day <laughs> as Brutal Beer Fest. And I, I'm hoping that'll bring more craft beer drinkers. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we're trying to do, I'm working on other things that will bring other craft beer drinkers into the picture because, you know, looking at our, our attendees, you know, we get a really cool crowd on the metal side of people who are really just not there just to get fucked up. And we get a lot of great craft beer people who aren't too snobby and they're like open-minded and they're willing to try an ESB and not just an IPA, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, so we get this really cool crowd and I, I want to find ways to expand both and, you know, bring both together. And hopefully, I, I think it's just all overall like been a really cool learning experience. Well, I can tell you have at least one more coming this year. <laughs> right here. I always I always think uh, collaboration beers are a big selling point because it's a one time to get something new that you can't yes. get. Yes. Yeah. It would it, never exist otherwise. You know, right. that's why I think Fresh Fest is really cool too. Exactly. It's like, you know, it's like it creates an element for someone who's a craft beer drinker that they should understand that like these things are big for brewers you know we have to plan time you know we want to we take an extra level of creativity when we go into any collaboration you know for example last year when i was working with cnx tuesday you know i looked at their you know i listened and like took took us like a look at their like um discography and i'm like okay well i want to take some inspiration from here i want to take some inspiration from here and i get to create something out of that mm -hmm. and that's where we really get to showcase our creativity and it i think it's i think it's so cool um you know we really don't always get that chance a lot of times we are just like 
trying to create beers for, you know, that will sell, <laughs> you know, right. obviously we want every beer to sell, but like sometimes you go into it with a mindset, like, you know, I know I'm producing this beer because it'll sell well to our customer base because they like these things. Mm -hmm. It's kind mm -hmm. of a test bit. Collaborations are for me. I swear. <laughs> I'm very selfish. <laughs> uh, can you announce who you're working with this year? I have not been teamed up with anyone yet. Oh, okay. Megan, get on teaming yourself up with someone. <laughs> um, I don't know. Usually as like, I usually kind of take either anyone who hasn't been teamed up and we don't really have that, you know, I always ask a brewery if they want to take on that responsibility. I don't want to like put so, so much pressure. <laughs> mm -hmm. And like, as well as then if the bands, like for example, this year our headlining band is Dying Fetus. <laughs> so like, so like we've already had, like I thought this bigger brewery would be, and they were into it at first and then they're like, well, my wife's a gynecologist and I, you know, and that's not I People take that shit personally. And like, I knew that going into this because months ago I, I was listening to the, uh, the Jamie Jossa podcast mm -hmm. when, um, one of the dudes, I can't even think of his name right now was on the podcast and he was talking about that thing. And I'm like going into booking them. We're like, well, we're going to have some pushback and there's yep. going to people be people saying things because people will take that offensively mm -hmm. right. and that's fine. But at the same time for us, we're like, well, these are metal legends. They're badass, and they're going to kill it here. And they haven't been here in a while. People are going to be excited. So, but, but I understand the other side of it of like, well, as a business, they have to take in consideration those right. things. Right. Right. They have to. And, um, you know, so, I mean, if I was, stuck with <laughs> dying fetus and I wouldn't have been too upset um, but no I think we have another brewery paired up with them so um, right now I'm just getting seeing what people are interested in working with and then we'll make all those collaborations happen and start announcing and get all that promotion out soon well if you, if you ever happen to book Rotting Christ if that's an unannounced <laughs> I will offer my services as a terrible home brewer <laughs> we have potentially two more bands to add right nice. now that we're in the works of but uh we, we haven't announced them yet. Is it safe That's to assume that they are not a Beach Boys cover band? Yes, Rotting Christ okay. is not a Beach Boys cover <laughs> okay. band. Okay, all right, just making sure. <laughs> I thought of a Beach Ball team. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, let's come back to this last beer, and we'll go to the podium after that. Okay. And we'll wrap it on up. But let's start with this Brute from Rock Bottom. Would you like me to go first? Yeah, I would like you to go first, Mr. I don't like hops. It so th it's actually not <laughs> terrible at all. It's really not terrible. No, uh, this this is definitely uh, like we mentioned earlier. This is one of those gateway beers uh, to get people into the hoppy realm. Uh, will it make the list? No, no. Uh, I just hung myself, guys. <laughs> <laughs> However, <laughs> I feel so bad now. <laughs> No. However, I still will put this on the recommended list. Cool. Uh, I would put this uh, on the list for people that are looking to get into craft beer, especially on the hoppy side of things. Uh, this is definitely one to have people try. Uh, obviously, I, I uh, didn't hate it because my glass is almost empty. Uh, and for what it is and, and what you're trying to do, I enjoy it and I appreciate it. There are other people that will enjoy it, but it's not going to make the list. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, she's got a gun. All I want to do is drink, drink, drink this beer. <laughs> yeah, I would recommend it as well, but I also actually really like it. Okay. It's it's so smooth of a drinker. I like the creaminess that, that, that the oats add to it. It's got a nice nose to it, but like you said, it doesn't have the bitterness on the back end. It finishes really quick, and it makes you just want to keep drinking it. It's such an easy drinker, and I like kind of the profile of it. 
I like that it's not in the trend as currently. Or it's on the leading edge of the trend. Yeah. It's, it's not a West Coast IPA, even though it was developed in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a New England hazy boy. You know, it's, oh. <laughs> it's just, it's just, a, it's, a, really it's a good IPA. <laughs> I'm thinking you're touching nerves over there. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really like it. So yeah. Right on. That's, that's my thoughts. Yeah, I hope people can give it a try. Definitely. This is worth worth having a try. I, d- I think, too, it's just different for us. And, like, I don't know. I, I'm hoping with the fact that people are interested in, like, more hoppier stuff, I'm like, I'm pretty stoked on it. And I, I really think that this could change people's minds about rock bottom. And, I mean, again, like, when people are, like, discounting what we're doing, you know, they're personally discounting what I do. And, mm-hmm. you know, I want mm-hmm. people definitely to give us a try. Yeah, I, I think that's important too. Uh, that's partially why we did the episode down right, here. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like Rock Bottom's back, and they have like really good beers that are good mm-hmm. for the Pittsburgh area, and they're experimental. Like, try it out. Right, and we've had that conversation multiple times. Yeah, mm-hmm. of people saying, "Oh, Rock Bottom, why would anybody go there?" No, you got to go back. You got to go. Yeah, we've had yeah. that. Call, we've had that call conversation with co-hosts. Right. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Have you been there? Yeah. <laughs> that's and that's typically the general conversation in any sort of you see it online. It's like people start talking shit, and you're like, "Well, when's the last time you've been there? Ten years, ten yeah. years ago." And you're like. Come on, seriously. Why you like you're on social media enough that you're responding to this post that you're not keeping up with what every brewery's doing. Right. Yeah. And I, but and I'm not even just saying that about my brewery, but like there's other breweries doing great stuff too that I feel like also just don't get as much of attention because they're not necessarily like trying to be those hype breweries. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I think those have their their place and that's that's cool. But like beer to me never was just about the hype it was always about this experimental exploring flavor potential and that's why this thing is so exciting you know because a no one's overhyping it you know there's so much still to learn about what the potential could be to using this enzyme you know i'm already thinking about using it in other styles that i think it could be really beneficial in and create something really unique um but yeah and so i'm just i'm just hoping that you know people keep giving other breweries to try. I mean, there's a lot of opening, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's no shortage of breweries to go to. Yeah. In Pittsburgh. I mean, PS, just just come actually only come to Rough Bottom, guys. Yeah. <laughs> don't go to any other brewery, just come to Rough Bottom. All right. Well, I think it's time that we go to the podium, uh, Brooke. You don't know this because you haven't been on the show before, but at the end of every episode, we like to take three beers that we tasted and then we just kind of rank them bronze, silver, and gold. Doesn't really mean a whole lot because we're not. You know, we're not A, experts, B, we're not (laughs) uh, saying any of the beers are bad. We're not. It's just, you know, a fun little thing to see who liked what beer the most. And so with that, I'll actually go first. Go ahead. Is this like the Mary Fuck Kill type thing? Yes. It absolutely is. (laughs) How have you not a correspondent on this show? (laughs) So my bronze, I'm actually going to give to that honeycomb. I thought it was a really good beer, and we always preface this when we do this, especially when we have good beers all episode. No bad beers this week. Uh, but the honeycomb, it, it, it just, I don't know, it, it just becomes third. That's all. <laughs> Somebody's got to be there. I don't have a reason. Yeah, I don't have a reason. It's just out of my style realm for the most part. Like, as a cream ale, it's not, you know, it's just not hitting those notes that I really like. So, bronze or silver goes to the uh, the smoky dark ale because that hits a style I really like. <laughs> That's all it is. I, I really like I like the smokiness. I like the balance between the sweetness and the smoke. 
It's not super heavy. It's something you can you can drink in July. It's not like a Southern Tier Blackwater series that's oh. going to sit like a gut bomb. And, you know, I mean, those are great, but you don't always need to have diabetes. <laughs> it's not often we talk about diabetes, guys. Especially in the beer industry. <laughs> For gold, I'm going to give to the brute. That's, okay. That is such a really good <laughs> beer. Chance <laughs> here. Uh, it's such a really good beer. I, I suggest it for everybody, and especially if you're kind of looking for something maybe new on the IPA trend. It, it has that creaminess of a cream style, but it's a little bit more. It has a really good mouthfeel to it. It's not thin. It's not overly bitter on the back end. It has a really big aroma on the nose. Like it does everything that an I, an IPA that I like, you know. It's <laughs> right. Not, it's not a palate wrecker. It's not a six point resin. It's not you know. It's not a destroyer. It's a really good drinking beer, is what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what I got. Okay. Who would oh, you like to go was next? The destroyer though. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I just jump in and go next? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. My order is exactly the same. All right then. Again, <laughs> none of the beers are bad. Just that's my, my style preferences as well, kind of aligned with your same order. Um, and I also just wanted to mention something that Meg said earlier about the Brute IPA, hoping that that could maybe change people's opinion of Rock Bottom. I was thinking, along with our earlier conversation about it being kind of a gateway IPA, how cool would it be if that could possibly change people's opinions of IPAs? And how cool would that be if? They would step up someday and say, I have this really good IPA that I actually well, like. And it came from Rock Bottom. IPAs in Pittsburgh right now. Let's rank them, guys. <laughs> Come here, rank all of them, then tell me. That's a good challenge. I've only had That sounds one like a throwdown. That's a yeah. bonus, that's a cool bonus episode. I'm cool with it. At this point in my career, I'm cool with it. <laughs> all right. I don't think, I don't think we're, we're not Bobby Flay in that scenario, but what we are are the, the um, Iron Chef judges. Yeah. yeah, that's what we are in that scenario. So I'm okay we'll, with that. Yeah, we'll come in for that. All right, let me know. Yeah, you tell me when, you tell me where. <laughs> Does Meg get to vote? Just curious. Yeah, she can vote on yeah. All right. Yours. We do <laughs> that all the time. Yeah, let's all make right. this happen. You are center bronze. stage in the spotlight. Smoke Porter. I love it, but it's my bronze. I, lo- I do love it, but out of the three, silver is going to Honeycomb Cream Ale because I'm also in love with it. Um, and number one is uh, unchanged for I, I'm just like I'm so overwhelmed with how much I enjoy it and uh, right. I don't I feel like I mean you go into it and you're like I love all my babies equally <laughs> but you're like right now I feel like I have like I chose these beer because right now they're like my favorite children yeah Every brewer we've had on the show has done the same thing. I'm like, I love all my children, but... <laughs> Every parent has you, a you should right. be excited. And that's, that's the thing, too, is, like, I think when you're able to take time to really step back and, like, look at what you're brewing and, like, feel something more for it, you know, like, looking at Booty Base on the app, like, I'm so excited to make this beer. Like, I'm so excited. You know, so I know that'll, like, already give it a leg up in my Fresh Rest collab. Like... I didn't want to. I don't want to release it because I don't have it finalized yet. But like the idea of like where I'm going with it, I'm like I'm so excited, and I'm hoping other people will get excited about it too. And um, you know, in putting in those situations where other people can check it out at like a festival, you know, definitely gonna have a cowbell to make sure everyone comes over. <laughs> <to go>. Nice. <laughs> for no other reason. <laughs> All right, Adam. I think it's down to you for the it podium. It comes down to me, and I'm gonna differentiate from everybody here. <laughs> I have to be the voice of dissension. 
the bronze medal, uh, obviously everybody said it, but I gotta say it again. None of these beers were bad whatsoever. All of these were really good. Uh, all of these are enjoyable. Uh, but I got to put that Brute IPA in the bronze medal position. I, I'm seeing heads shaking. Shame. And you know what? I'm sticking <laughs> I'm sticking to my guns. Uh, and Steve, honestly, it's the same reason that you gave for putting that uh, honey cream in the bronze medal position. It simply wasn't to your liking in terms of style. Uh, that's the only reason it goes there. Uh, I, I feel that it is definitely a recommended beer. Uh, if somebody is looking to get into that game, get in on that while you can, while it's still early, while it's still cutting edge. Uh, in the silver metal position, I am going to put that uh, honeycomb cream ale in there. I like that. I really like that, especially for this time of year. Uh, it's really good for a, a back porch drinker. It's really refreshing. It's really uh, borderline uh, revitalizing. I'll admit, I was dragging a little bit of ass walking in here. <laughs> uh, but I had that beer, and I felt much, felt much better. However... In the gold medal position, uh, I gotta go with that smoke porter. Uh, that was really good. Uh, that was just far and away, it exceeded all expectations. And I had high expectations. I've had good smoke porters before, and I knew rock bottom, it, it make, can obviously make good beers. Uh, but bottom line, that was a fantastic beer. All right. We're putting that on the list. And that's the okay. bottom line. <laughs> Stone Cold Six. What? <laughs> no, no, we're, no, 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 we're not doing it. <laughs> all right, if you're looking to follow Hop Nation USA on the social media, all you got to do is search Hop Nation USA and they'll get you your favorite social media platform. It'll also get you any of the podcatchers that you can listen to brand new episodes every Friday. But if you happen to be on iTunes, leave us a five-star review because we are a five-star show. Incorrect. Oh, I'm incorrect? You are incorrect. We are a six-star show, but they only let us use five. Damn. <laughs> That's a shame, iTunes. Get your shit together. <laughs> Six-five, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find all kinds of episodes and reviews and features on HopNationUSA.com. And at this time, I'm going to turn it over to Brooke and Meg to plug whatever they want. Awesome. Stewards of Beer, you can find us at uh, stewardsofbeer.com. You can find Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just look for Stewards of Beer, and okay. you should be able to find us. What do you do? Rock Bottom PGH at all your social media platforms. You should be able to find us there. Brutal Beer Fest is at Brutal Beer Fest on all social media platforms, too. Brew like beer. Brutal. Yeah, like brutal. Like B R E W T A L. Brutal. Brutal. And what uh, what day is that? October. October 20th. We're going to get down and party. Nice. Right on. We will see you there. Cool. Pinkbootssociety.org for all your pink boots needs. Cool. They don't sell boots on their website, so don't go looking. Well, no, Brooke um, already said she had to earn them. That's right. Yeah, you earn your boots. <laughs> I don't even have pink boots. There's also two separate Facebook groups for the Pittsburgh chapter of Pink Boot Society. One is the members only closed group that you have to be a member of to get added to. But then there's another public group that anyone can join to find out about our events, um, what's going on with our chapter, all that fun stuff. And the national chapter has a has a Facebook page too. Just look for Pink Boot Society. Um, that's like for us, you know, and anyone in the industry. It really is a great place. Like if you have a question about anything, literally, if you're looking for resources on like where to buy apparel, or you know, if you're looking for information on a spear style or whatever, literally, like that's like that's kind of the source that we use. 
Awesome. Right on. Well, thank you both for coming out. Yes. Uh, one, one final plug from our side of things. Uh, please look on our website, hopnationusa.com, for our new series, uh, Shotgunning with the Champ. Yes, sir. <laughs> wait, wait. Why am I not on that show? You are on that show. <laughs> I am the show? You are yeah, the you're show. the show. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just gotta send us videos of you shotgunning. <laughs> I'm probably gonna start doing that, guys. Came the show. I might have a couple already on it. <laughs> you already got the archive going. I have a photo series from our collab day. That, that was, was pretty good. That yeah. was pretty good. We might be talking after the show. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we've said it before and we'll say it again. Thank you guys for coming on the show. We greatly thanks appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, if you guys ever want to come back, let us know. We'll have you on again. Well, we'll probably come back for a Brutal Beer Fest episode at some point. I'm okay I, with I that, too. See if we can do another six-person super show. <laughs> we'll get more mics, I promise. <laughs> All right, that's it. Do you got anything else? No, I'm good, man. Okay, bye. Oh my.